Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my co-host Mikhail Christiansen. How are things going, Mikhail? Better. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, better. Uh, it was alright, but I mean, it was sunny outside for for like actually for two days. Holy shit, that was pretty insane. Yeah, I have to say we I had seen uh, the sun for like. Yeah, go on. Yeah, we had two days of sun here in Ireland as well, and yeah, it was great. We were outside it's training nice. on the lawn and walking around, and yeah. Wow. I know. So yeah, here was, um, uh, it was not particularly warm outside. I mean, I was wearing a winter jacket still, but like just sitting in the sun and just feeling, oh shit, there's actually heat coming from the great sky orb. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, a experience I haven't felt for many eons, so that... Um, <laughs> certainly help the mood um yeah otherwise things are pretty much the same uh but uh, yeah sun does uh, certainly change one's mood yeah definitely had a few days of sun we got out it's pretty good i don't know i got my new place so i have no degenerates hanging around which is awesome yeah that is incredible things are all looking up emmet like for for you listeners, Emmett actually sent me pictures of the sheep that are hanging out uh, outside of his uh, house here today. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I've got three, three different ones, aren't there? No, we've got four sheep and a goat now. So uh, yeah, the Phil people on. We rented a farmhouse outside Dublin, and the lady who was living in the farmhouse has she's moved out, but she still has a basically a pet farm. Basically, she owns a petting zoo. This is the way to describe it. She has like four <laughs> sheep, a goat, two pigs. And I'm not allowed to eat them, apparently, but I'd like to, but I'm not allowed. They're, they're pets, not food, and five <laughs> horses and other stuff. So, awesome. If you know me, I like animals and like playing around with them. So, I get to play with some animals. And sheep are Sweet. apparently, they're super friendly. They started being my friends now. I didn't, I always kind of thought sheep were a bit skittish, like thinking more like deers and stuff like this. Like, yeah, they'll be around you, but they'll bail as fast as they can. But no, no, the sheep, once they get to know you, will come and hang out and like want to be scratched and everything. It's awesome. Oh, pig. Yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of that. The pigs are like super friendly as well. And Neat. yeah, super friendly, but also scary because they're fucking huge. <laughs> and we we're in the field with them the other day and uh, someone who won't be mentioned, and it wasn't definitely not me actually, was in there with a few of the other people who were visiting us. And uh, yeah, they... Uh, the pigs came into the field that were our section of the field we were in, and suddenly three people were diving over the fence in any way, shape, or form to get away from the pigs, <laughs> who are super friendly. And uh, maybe one of them was a model from Handstand Factory. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> maybe one of them is a producer. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> and when I was a kid, actually, when, where I grew up, uh, very often if we left the uh, the gate open. Uh, the entire kind of garden would be full of cows, uh, <laughs> because like they they would herd cattle past our house. Uh, it's like basically that place is outside of the town of Rueros, and like it is literally in the forest, and there's only farmland for as far as I can see out there. Um, and yeah, suddenly there would be just cattle all over the <laughs> over the yard. It was great. <laughs> I have an unsavory story involving sheep. And- Friend of mine, I'll probably have to tell you at some other point. It's not that sure. kind of unsavory. I oh, fucking I'll tell it. So, <laughs> yeah. So a friend of mine from not really friend. It's a person I knew through people. Uh, he decided his family had a house somewhere in Ireland, 
and he decided to uh, they had a house like a holiday home kind of thing and he decided to move to the house to grow cannabis during one summer or one winter or one winter when they weren't using it so he bought all the lights and set up one of the living rooms with all these grow lights and hydroponics and shit like that and he blacked out the windows completely like blacked them out boarded them up so the light wouldn't get out but there was something about some I don't know what it was but he's saying every day he'd come home the sheep would be like staring at the t- the windows the two windows on one on either side of the wall mm-hmm. staring at the window just like it was like sheep Jesus or something was about to appear <laughs> through the window <laughs> Jesus. yeah like they weren't like yeah they weren't uh thing and something maybe the home I don't know maybe the lights gave off some frequency or some weird shit like this or maybe they just wanted the weed but yeah they weren't eating anything they just stand there and he'd like he had to get a dog to scare them off and the dog would scare them off but then if the dog was inside they'd come back so uh <laughs> yeah countryside is weird uh, is. what are we talking about today other than sheep 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 and are you a handstand sheep do you yeah. just do the straight line <laughs> Are you have you followed the Federation is actually the farmer from uh what was it, Babe? And <laughs> <laughs> question question the line, guys. Question. question the line. Uh no, we are talking about the fight. And yeah. Fight. I suppose round one. Round one fight. fight. The eternal fight with gravity and your face. And everything to do with that. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. It's one of these topics is vague, but very. It's like, how do we describe fighting? Well, yes, no, and maybe, uh, but I know it when I see it, and Mm. I think that's one of the things that go like: there's fighting, there's giving up, and there's failing, and there's failing to fight. And these are kind of interesting things because it happens that like, the fight occurs at every kind of level of handstand training, but with different reasons. But it's all for the same. Same thing, fighting to keep balance, fighting to achieve the task you decided to do. And it's kind of like, for me, we see it like when beginners, there's there's fighting and surviving is one of the things I like to think about. And fighting is when you're actively trying to use force to save your predicament. Surviving is when you've, you're either, how to describe it? It's Once again, it's an easy thing to see, but it's difficult to explain. Fighting... Or surviving is when you just manage to find the perfect alignment or you're managing to catch the balance waves and it keeps you on top of it. Fighting almost has an element of preempting to me. I can see people are reacting fast enough and trying to re-establish their positioning. Mm. Yeah, I think that like, I mean, uh, I'd like to kind of also... Um, define uh, the fight uh, a little bit because yeah. it's a very it's it's a concept that is extremely simple to because like oh yeah the word fight i mean it sounds right so it it must mean that it is about doing absolutely whatever uh, or like whatever it takes to to save your balance or or like to manage whatever you're trying to do and that's not necessarily or that, that isn't the point of it the uh, the easiest image to to imagine is someone almost falling from a handstand. Their arms are red, and they like struggle and bend their arms and have to scream to get back up. That's yes, that that is also a fight, but it's 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 more kind of the principle of um, of, tr- of of trying to be in the uh, how to say the mental space that you that is required 
to balance. Like it is concentration. It is the focus that you just need to have to 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 execute the task. Yeah. Um, and like within that, like I love to kind of describe it as, um, like you 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 are you are fighting the uh, the um, impulse to fall down whenever like you kick into handstand and like it's not completely perfect. Uh, but you make a quick correction and then it's perfect. Like you're, as you, as you said, Emmett, like yeah. you're preempting, you're, you're ready for it. Uh, but it is also that, that thing where like you are, uh, you're almost holding the handstand. You're barely surviving. Ah, you struggle, you struggle. Okay. You drop. That can be valuable too, but like it's, it's important to make sure to speak about it as a kind of, it's a concept and a notion and it's, it doesn't mean that every single time you kick into handstand, you should do whatever you can to stay up. It's it's not necessarily that. And this will have to be discerned between, like that will vary between different stages of learning and with, with their d- different skills and so on. Like, let's say you're doing a negative press to handstand and you start out well in a good handstand and you pull your legs to your body as hard as you can. You're doing eccentric strength training at a very maximal level compared to what your body can do. And as you approach bottom, yes, you're going to struggle and you're going to fight and you're going to use a lot of force. Uh, whereas if you're if you're working on extremely precise, super tight, minimalistic balancing, let's say on one arm where you where your task is, I'm going to stay as still as absolutely possible. You also need to fight. It's just that that needs to be okay. I'm going to stay in this one place all my mental and physical focus goes to that. Boom. You stay very effectively. You stay very locked. You stay very tight, all of this. But it's still part of the same concept. Yeah. I think it's one of these things. Is like you have to choose when you're going to fight as well. And I ch- I will put this mm-hmm. into people's programs. Like I will specifically put it in cues like do not fight for balance in these moves. We're just we're training pure precision in this set. And this is it. And there's no fighting. You lose it, you lose it. And then there's other times when I'm just like, I just want you to get onto your hands and stay there. I don't care what happens. And I think it is good to make a choice. I always like people to make a choice or know what they're doing in a set before they go into it. You know, have one thing. It's a great thing from Yuri. He said last, or was last week or two weeks ago on the podcast. Just have one thing. To, you can only focus on one thing. So pick it rather than decide it when you're on the fly, when you're up there. So it's like, oh, you can change focus as well, so you can't. But uh, just picking, like, oh, I'm going to focus on one thing. I'm going to try and stay on, and I won't worry about my line. Or I'm going to try and get the best line I can. And my fight almost becomes, like, maintaining the line over all else. And then it's like, oh, mm. I fall out, but I fall like a falling tower. Still mm. pretty good. You still maintain the line. Mm. Or this kind of thing. The fight can be at many, can happen at many levels. You mm. know, the simple fight, like, I suppose a lot of people can relate to this when they're, for all of you are, like, 30 to 60 second two-arm handstand. Keeping your feet from flailing around when you're doing a handstand. Mm. That's a fight when you can balance and your foot's doing the foot radar. To, uh, yeah. Quote someone. Like, that's a fight. And then to deal with the cramps and all the stuff that come up from a toe point or a foot flex are also definitely uh, things that can happen. Yeah. Yeah, I also think, like, one of the most uh, one of the most common ones I see that I, I'm very excited usually when I see with beginners. Like, after having, like, taught so many beginners at this point... Uh, like when I see that like someone is able, they are able to get up, like, even regardless if they use the wall or not, but like they are working on 
learning to balance on two arms. So like there'll be some imperfections, there'll be some dents in it, and like it's it's happening. But at the point where like they're able to they've they've already been able to hold the handstand for a little bit. But at the point where you start of like they stay in the handstand, they stay, everything is okay, everything is okay. You see the shoulder move slightly. Maybe the shoulder closes and like the, the legs spike a little bit or whatever happens, but you see the reaction towards underbalance and the the reestablishment from there. Like yeah. those kind of first hints towards catching underbalance, because that, that makes me always go like, okay, yes, now it's now like the body has and the proprioceptive system has understood how to respond in both directions. And the shoulder control is good enough to to also handle the the shoulder moving forwards. The flexion strength is there, the reaction is there, and the person is able to pull back because that is just, that is the huge one, and that is kind of like uh, it usually comes when people have they have developed uh, the strength enough and all of that. And usually, like the first times people catch that, it'll be like, <gasps> and it comes back, and they're absolutely mentally exhausted afterwards. Like, whoa, that was a lot of effort to just keep it. Yeah, uh, and. And like a couple of months down the line, it's it's just basically taken for granted and they're a very simple thing to do. Yeah, but you 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 need you need to kind of uh, embrace that uh, kind of moment of of expanded time that you feel that when you're balancing the handstand, it feels like ten seconds, and you're just staying there and you're staying there and you're staying there and you're trying to handle this situation, like allow that that moment to 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 be very focused and to just stay up on the hands that is your job right now yeah yeah it's definitely one of these uh describe it yeah i agree when you see the first time when someone saves under balance and like i'm not just talking about like oh we went over balance and we're resting on the fingers a bit and we went to straight and then back but when it's a proper like yeah shoulders closed hips closed save and then straightening back out it's definitely uh yeah it's definitely a big stage in your training and you're definitely when you're starting it's one of the first like yeah it's one of the first things i'm looking for as well when we see someone's like setting the two poles of over the two poles of over and under balance in the person it's like oh now you know what they are there's another thing you kind of touched mm. on there it's like yeah those sets like what mightn't even last long or mightn't push the person's conditioning to their to their max but mentally destroys them they're the sets mm. I really enjoy watching to a certain degree. It happens at all levels. It happens at one arms. It happens at like two arms. It happens when you're just doing conditioning. But when there's something about like you've had pure focused engagement of both mental and physical and possibly emotional everything into that balance, you put everything into it and then you come down and then you have to rest 10 minutes before you do the next set. Mm. And it might need like, it, that's the thing. It mightn't even be challenging your strength. It mightn't like, you know, you might be perfectly strong, but you just say you're doing a press and you can press normally and you just decide, okay, I'm going to do five reps and you get to rep four and you come out of your groove, but you can still kind of like, it's that kind of like pause rep and then the body shakes and goes a bit weird and then you get it and it's like, hmm, mm. but normally I could do five reps or 10 reps or whatever, but it's like something went wrong and that's kind of what mm. I, that's kind of one of the things about fighting and why I suppose we use the term fight is there's training and training is nice and it gives you a chance to be precise and practice and all this. And, but f a fight is chaos. Like you just mm. don't know what's going to happen into a fight. And I think that's kind of the state you're looking for is like, I'm here, I'm present and I'm willing to deal with whatever comes up with me. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's cultivating resilience ultimately. That is that is what it is for me because you you want to be efficient. You want you want like I mean that's why we use the the, the kind of terminology of the circle circles of balance where you have this point. You you want to be equally comfortable in that really good smooth perfect point as you are in in the rougher ones and you you want to make sure that each circle and if you don't know i'll briefly just explain these circles so like the the imagine like you have several circles like around each other get growing larger and within the smallest one is your is your kind of it's your perfect form everything feels good and it looks good and it's it's easy to execute and it's it just it feels perfect these these happen rarely i mean these are the ones that <laughs> like when you have your really good day or like every, like the stars align and you feel glorious and then outside there you have a circle which like it looks good and it feels good but like you you're you're still putting a little bit of effort in you could do it all day but like it's it's not that kind of stellar quality it's good and it's kind of a standard where you want to be outside of that it's like it's like a, a larger circle where like it it still looks good to the untrained eye, but like you're putting some effort in to stay and someone who knows what they're looking at, like another professional or like someone they might be seeing, okay, yeah, you, you're putting effort in there. You held, but oh, yeah, good, good job, but it wasn't perfect. Quote unquote yeah. outside there, like things are starting to get rough and you, you like you form is starting to break and anyone can see that, okay, you're, you're expending effort here, staying, um, Outside there, there is a phase where like it is super rough, and unless you do absolutely whatever it takes, you are going to fall. And outside there, you are falling. So it is it is cultivating the resilience and the ability to to move inwards from the from the the outlying circle, so that like you're able to 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 catch mistakes and fix them uh, instantaneously uh, over time and. And the fighting then is is about cultivating that because it is a mind state. It is this mind state of okay, I'm going to stay on my hand, but like, and sometimes that mind state requires you to literally go to war. But sometimes <laughs> that mind state just requires you to be fresh and ready and say, okay, I'm going to do this properly now. I'm going to be focused, dedicated, and concentrated when I try, and hence you're going to have a higher likelihood of succeeding. So uh, it's uh, again just to. Uh, to strengthen the point that it is, it isn't about only the rougher corrections. Though yeah. they they have their place too. It is just about like when you apply and how you apply and and why you apply it. And there are certain techniques that you cannot do with we or like certain certain uh, moves and so on. You cannot do by trying to rough them out. Yeah. And there are certain moves that you cannot do by trying to be only ultra precise. So yeah, it's just about this kind of the range and the kind of that there is um. There's a, um, uh, there are different things might require different um, levels or abilities kind of. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things is like, you kind of touched on there a little, is the idea of like choosing what you're fighting. Not all fighting is the rough ones. Mm. But one of the things is like single point fighting. I was kind of talking to one of my students today about this and he's flexible he's got a split now recently it's put him pretty good in his handstand his one arm his balance is good it's still needs work but his one flaw and his one thing is that he drops the shoulder and once he drops the shoulder it's gone the set is gone no matter mm. if he's up at like endurance liver or anything so it's just like this is like my motivational talk today was just like keep the shoulder high 
this is it. This is your fight. This is, if you can keep the shoulder high, you will balance the handstand until your fingers collapse. But if the shoulder drops, then he's gone. He just he doesn't have the capacity to save to the inside yet. Mm. And it's just like, well, we could train that, but I'm not going to because its technique is so good on the straddle arm. Mm. But, or on with good shoulder high. So it's just like, this is it. It's like kind of picking, picking like one cue. And like, this is the thing. If he maintains the shoulder high, everything looks pretty effortless. If the shoulder drops, then it's like chaos. Whereas if you can maintain, it's kind of, if we're going with the fight metaphor, he is Leonidas. His shoulder height is Leonidas <laughs> and the Spartans. Mm. And if you can keep his Spartans, keeping the shoulder high, then uh, was it the Turks or was it, I can't remember, Xerxes and whoever. Mm, yeah, yeah well, that was the Persians. I the think. Persians, Persians. Persians, Turks, yeah. Persians, yeah, the Persians will not be able to pass and he will not be able to fall out. But, uh, and like once he once the shoulder drops, then there's like, 10,000, 20, 100,000 different things that can go wrong with his handstand and they will be unsavable. Mm. But if mm. his uh, Spartan shoulder can stay high, he will be able to just maintain the pass and not get all the crazy corrections go in. So it's that idea <laughs> of like just knowing, like, it once again comes back to this, pick one thing, fight one thing, fight one front. And mm. that kind of thing is like, oh, if you know you make a constant mistake and then every other mistake is a probably trickle-down effect of that. Fighting mm. all that and putting all your might and intent on maintaining that correctly can go a long way mm. to just going like, oh, this is it. And then, you know, when you do maintain it, then your position will be effortless and your changes will be effortless and your corrections, whatever. But mm. if you have one flaw that you may, and then you make the flaw, then everything goes to chaos. So it can mm. be as simple as that, of just like there is one form point and... uh you pick the form point and then you, if you can maintain that, everything else is correct. Mm. Whereas if you drop that one thing, then that's the linchpin of your balance and it's different for everyone. Mm. Or maybe not different for everyone, but there's subgroups of these things, but it'll be different in everything. So then it's like, oh, pick one thing and fight that. That's your battle. Make, you know, make your Spartans. Yeah, I was thinking of that, like regarding the kind of uh, the chaos met metaphor and... Um, the like because whenever you are entering into a new skill something that is completely uh, that you haven't done before and that you are um, like you you need to build all the kind of frame reference for it and i mean the most the most striking um, examples are obviously the beginner learning two arms and the intermediate learning one arm because you're just entering into something that you just don't know how how it's supposed to feel yet whereas if you can stand on two arms and everything else that you're going to learn on two arms it's going to feel like a variation of the thing you can yeah. so the frame of reference exists uh, and the same with the one arm like if you can straddle one arm uh like yes there's a bunch of things that like are changing but like most of the the regular shapes is going to balance wise feel exactly like that it is just going to either be more intense in certain points, but it'll be a variation of, of what you can already feel. But when you're learning this, like your your vestibular system and your your brain and everything is just try, trying to handle all this new new stimulus and and like yeah, picking picking a thing that you're focusing on and uh, like for me when I think about like what is my primary focus point when I when I do all these things is uh i guess it's kind of a general 
point or area in my shoulder, and it is kind of the fleshy part of my thumb. Those are the the two main points that I will in general have as focal points. And then depending on the position, there might be like a reach with the arm or kind of like a pulling the leg towards here. And obviously since um, I've reached a reasonably high level of handstands, I would assume that I have more like, I have more points unlocked on my handstand skill tree so that I could slot in <laughs> several more focal points than someone who's completely new. Uh, and I would also assume the same that like the thing I always say, like put me on a trampoline and I have precisely one, one single or a half a thing that I can focus on, but take a boss trampolinist and it's going to be able to, to concentrate on several things. So, uh, depending on like the level of the difficulty of the thing that you're working on and the, the your ability level you'll you'll need to to concentrate on fewer or more things and like i mean if you if you again take a beginner that is working with the wall and uh they and on the wall they can then focus on getting correct form then moving into balance. So they have the form and then they have the balance, but then you put them freestanding and like, okay, some stuff is, is going to give, but because they have more chaos to deal with and uh, they need to fight more variables. They need to handle more of the stuff that happens when they get up. Uh, so uh, they, there it is, it is going to be very obvious that it's going to be harder for them to kind of maintain all of these focal points at the same time. So I think it is in general quite a good good cue as you say there to just make sure okay i am going to concentrate on on this particularity now and when i think also about like some of my trainings where i mess around a lot where i'm just like i get an idea and it's like, oh, i'm just gonna go and do this and i gonna you know, and i gonna have that mind state where i'm just like i'm i don't really know what i'm trying to achieve with the set i'm gonna half freestyle it it's very often that i go up and i mess up something rather easy because i'm not actually uh, i'm like the level of readiness isn't there. Whereas when you're okay, I'm going to put my hand exactly there. I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. Then, like you, you're putting your mind state in somewhere where you where where you can direct direct your energy basically. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking we're going deep today, so I'm just have to think <laughs> more. It's kind of it's one of these things that kind of I'm just mulling things over as you're talking, and one of the things, mm. two things I want to say. One, there's a quote I really like, and there's a slightly out of context in what you just said. But uh, I don't know who said it. Whoever knows can email it to me. But precision beats power, timing beats speed, and panic wrestling gets you choked out. So obviously talking about <laughs> MMA. But it is this kind of idea of precision. Precision beats power. You're hitting the right bit. Obviously we're talking about fighting today, so we're going to use the fighting metaphors. You're hitting the right bits, but you're being precise with one thing. That will be using big corrections. So mm. if you can hone your fight into one precise thing, which is the linchpin, going back to my linchpin idea, then it beats all the power you'll have to use for that. And then timing, if you can do your things at the right time, they're always going to mm. be doing them fast at the wrong time. And then panic wrestling, that's kind of, I suppose, what's that, protest legs? Protest legs is panic wrestling. When you're yes, kicking your like legs you're and falling already, and you just kick your legs and you're like, I'm not gonna fall, but you've already fallen rage. But you get some <laughs> suspension moments out of it, and uh, yeah, that's kind of. Or, or it's when it's when you do the, 
It's when you do the snake and you try to to tuck jump up, even though you know you can't tuck jump, you're just going to try to tuck jump a million times and you jump to tuck, your shoulders move behind your hands and you shoot your legs uh, uh, up in this like praying to the handstand gods that somehow you're going to stay, but you were never really up anyway and you fall back down. Yeah, you're making an offering, let's change that, making an offering to the Federation by your feeble attempt at a tuck and hoping <laughs> that they will bestow yes. you with balance and... Unfortunately, you did not do the Federation-approved form, the so therefore you fell down. The council has rejected you. The council has rejected <laughs> your application. Please yeah. submit again next yeah. year. Yeah, everyone is sitting around like the uh, around the dark table, and everyone is wearing cloaks. <laughs> that 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 is how the the the, the council looks. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. it's I think it's a it's a cool kind of philosophical concept. This in 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 application to the entire learning process because it's. Um, um yeah. yeah as you said it's 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 um it because like the fight i mean it is it is a kind of a concept that has nothing to do with handstands and yes it is it's just like it's a metaphor it's a symbol and it's a uh, it's a way of expressing a certain uh, thing that you need to focus on on certain times in in your learning curve uh and i think that like so like that term is um is much more um easy to kind of <clears throat> to describe if if you just take like conventional strength training or yeah. repping out that like i mean if you go in for your 1rm like yeah you're like fight is the only thing you you need to do almost you put in all your force all your technical setup everything but you go all out uh, and it's probably do that with with handstands in that way um but then again uh you if if you do a a one rm deadlift sure there's loads of technical things i guess that you need to focus on but like there are fewer and more just about like a, applying all that force in the right manner compared to if you want to do like a perfect uh, one arm kick up to handstand so it's um it needs to be uh yeah like th that that meant that mental state uh and the correction or like the direction of force in the proper way and like being fucking ready because it's 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 so much about like being having that kind of extreme readiness because the faster you are at the corrections the less violence you need to like the and 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 in in sense like and i, I think this is kind of fascinating because a lot of people have a tendency to to also misunderstand certain things and particularly with one arms and stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen on the upper back of people doing a one arm, you see kind of this like twitching happening kind of the traps and the, the gremlin, I call it. And I'm sure. Hmm? I call it the, the gremlin. gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> Good name. But I'm sure that like, if we could somehow image the rotator cuff muscles and the ones that are keeping the, the ball and like the, the humerus in the socket, we'd see a lot more of the twitching because that's where like loads of very quick, small, minute corrections need to happen several times a second. And uh, those need to be extremely quick. And I mean, uh, we, that makes it so that like, of course, the more stable you are, the longer you can stay because you're of course also using more like slow, slow twitch fibers and blah, 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 blah. But, but uh, there is like quite a lot of, of of fast stuff that is happening while you're doing this very slow moving position and i think that uh by being ready and like by be having that kind of focus you're allowing yourself to to correct faster 
which makes you move less large. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the precision, I suppose, aspect. Precision beats power. Mm. Smaller, mm. faster corrections. Or, uh, yeah. It's kind of, it just reminded me, actually, this is a segue onto some actual hardcore training stuff. Mm. That uh, I remember one time I was having some... I wouldn't say issues. I was having some kind of rotator cuff jank that wasn't making me happy. And mm. I was working up to normal rotator cuff strength. And that wasn't. And I got the idea from reading some of the, the rotator cuff actually contains a high percent of fast switch muscles. Mm. And a high, high percentage of fast switch motor fibers. And it kind of makes sense with a stabilizer that has to rapidly correct. But mm. a lot of rotator cuff at the time I was training was, you know, the normal sort of physio stuff. I was still in circus school at the time of slow band work and dumbbell work and stuff like this. Mm. So I started training dumbbell snatches at speeds. First with a kettlebell, then when we ran a kettlebell weights, just using a barbell. And that done wonders for my shoulder in terms of just like, because there's like, you're pulling, you're pulling, you're pulling, you're doing it fast. And then like you have a sudden shock loading with a barbell overhead that you have to mm. stabilize and catch quickly. That was nice. pretty awesome. I was doing a lot more basing then, so it was more for handstand stuff. And there's definitely, mm. or basing people in handstands. Uh, it definitely, uh, definitely worked. So there's just a, just to try out a training tidbit. If you're wondering why your rotator cuff training isn't working, try go faster. As a, it's interesting. I've something. never, like, actually never done any, like, like high speed uh, work on that. Maybe I should also try that. Yeah, it's definitely, like, it is one of these things that, uh, yeah. Segwaying in training stuff, but we do know moving fast is good for strength training. And handstands mm. we go slow, and it's very hard, like particularly with the skills that we have, to get fast at them. So training mm. some of your training some of the handstand like aspects of your training, which if even if you're just doing dumbbells, but trying to replicate the positions and moving fast can be beneficial. Mm. Yeah, it's just to uh, do like, like it, it also. I mean, you just think of uh, of like one of the fastest and most terrible corrections I've ever done in handstands, uh, and I injured myself then uh, as years ago. I was doing uh, a turning one arm on one cane up high in knitting piece, and I mean, I performed that that turning one arm probably two hundred seventy eighty times or something <laughs> like that, and it it rarely went wrong. I think I fell from it one time or so when the when the structure was like unstable underneath on, or on the floor but uh, it was like a very safe move but that night when i did it because i was i was doing a press when i went up on the cane um and when i pushed i accidentally turned the block slightly too far because it was a turning block so i was like i had to keep the block in place when i was going up but i had turned it too far so as i was rotate doing the turning one arm yeah uh, my hand was always turned a little bit too far and I was trying to kind of catch up to it all the time. Um, and it was just like, it was, it was terrible, but like I was, I was so kind of uh, hard focused on just doing what I usually did. And it was like the entire, in the entire show at that point was like running a script. Yeah. Like you, you just press play and you just went through the motions with the music and it was, it was super kind of easy in one sense um, because of that habit. So I just went like normal but like I was so far behind the arm in the end that like I made some sort of mistake and I remember like I my legs start dropping and like I quickly whip my other arm in the opposite direction, bend my arm super heavily because like there was no no other way to actually do anything since that, the wrist was so far turned. 
and I was able to save it and rough it up and like kind of go and and go back down uh, and finish the show. And like the day after, I was like, "Ow, here some shit happened." And uh, I, I like that's something I've had like happen to me several times on stage where stuff where you drop in training because like, you you know like okay things are going south, no point for me to keep this and you just let it go. But when yeah. you're on stage, like you just have that kind of like death and glory kind of <laughs> attitude to it. And like, you just like do dumb shit. So that in, in that sense, and that's something to, uh, to pay very close attention to also in terms of fighting. Like if you start having, like don't push yourself to pain just because you, you want to, to, to push maximally or go hard in the thing, then you're just making bad worse. And like last time I, I did this this kind of thing was when I did um, like last year. And I think like the kind of shoulder issue I've been going through uh, this year, I think has like actually come quite a lot from a bad switch in straps I did when I performed last year. Because <laughs> um, like the classic switch, uh, switch problem, like I started with good spin when I went up, uh, but I lost too much spin until the point where I was going to do the switch and I rush it a bit because I was on stage, full-on music. So I open too quickly when I'm going to go from front meat hook to a reverse meat hook. I come to the reverse meat hook and, like, I'm basically in a one-arm back lever. And I just, like, I just pull it into the flag or, like, into the reverse meat hook position. And you're just not supposed to do that because it's a really bad idea. <laughs> uh, and if this was in training, I'd let it go easily. But I was, like, five meters in the air. And it was, like, the last thing I was going to do. So I was just ripped it in and uh, hey ho um i remember my shoulder wasn't feeling very pleasant <laughs> so yeah um, yeah in in those contexts it's there is certainly a a negative aspect to this i'd almost say fighting on straps is uh yeah something that should it's probably pretty, be avoided pretty bad idea yeah. unless you, yep unless you really know what you're doing yeah, even then, like, it's just, I don't know, straps have claimed so many, there's a time to fight and time to run away, and yeah. straps is not the time to send your Spartans in, in my opinion. Definitely not. Straps has claimed straps, a lot of shoulders. Uh, it has claimed a lot of shoulders, uh, yeah. <laughs> including mine several times. Um <laughs> And I, I think I think the same goes also for for showing off. If you're like, hey guys, check this out. Like that in general isn't a good idea. Yeah, uh, we used to say that in circles to go like, never try to style it because you're gonna fuck yourself up. And then we always tried to style it, and then we fucked ourselves up. Yeah, it is kind of like, yeah, if you're gonna show off and you have to fight during your show off, just quick because you've already failed. Yep. It has to be smooth. Yep. <laughs> it has to be like, boom. Yeah. We'll check what I'm doing. But actually, leads me to the next thing I want to talk about is uh, some of these things that uh, I suppose a lot of us like would be training by ourselves. Uh, one of the things I've noticed, as I haven't been one to do, is when you're in the group, the ability to fight is kind of directly proportional to the group energy. And yep. it's always one of these things that it's kind of, you know, if maybe you're a bit more extroverted, maybe you're a bit more introverted, or maybe you're balanced, or maybe you just are ambivert. What's these damnest things? What are these crazy labels kids are giving themselves all these days? Anyway, yeah, so in group and in class, this is why, like, handstand classes and going to them and other stuff, it kind of, one, there's always a bit of learning from the group and visual kinesthetic learning, if you're that scared, kind of learning style happens. But then it's kind of, there is a bit of, like, oh, I'm 
doing this act to show off to the group or to get validation or just to because I want to or and I've been inspired and it kind of increases your fight quotient and you just see people like even you know I see people at all levels one arm all the way to beginners and when there's a kind of group and people have settled into the group and it's not new then that's when the interesting thing happens when it's like oh suddenly someone has just like tried to do something it could be a simple like straddle to tuck handstand but you know they normally wouldn't get it or it would be normal difficult and they just get that fight and the perseverance and they're just like not gonna come down because the group is there not because they're just not dedicated to their own training but it just gives that certain uh, je ne sais quoi as the french would say i don't know what and it just like kicks the fight into an extra gear totally like when we were when i was dancing breaking like we just call this like you just had to have the juice if you like, and you, you got the juice from those those uh, situations. You just like, uh, and I remember it particularly when I was training Flair to ninety. Like, if the music was booming and everyone was there, and you're just like, okay, I got it right now. You f- could fly, but then yeah. you go in alone and like, okay, the, yeah. There, there's there's a very powerful thing. Like, well, something I've experienced uh, very much, and I'm sure that people, other people have, have can relate to this. And I would really like to hear. If any of you out there have experienced kind of not just a corona related kind of okay, my life sucks kind of thing because you can't do so much stuff, but like like if you're training, if you just physical capacity to to do things just has felt like it's dropped. I would love for you to to get back to us about that. Because for me, like I've trained like almost exclusively alone for almost a year now. And there's been so many times where I just come in and like, okay, I'm gonna do my stuff. I'm ready. I've had a coffee. I've ate, eaten, and I just come in there and say, "Guy, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a dead flesh heap that isn't going to do anything productive whatsoever." And <laughs> it's, it's been like, of course, fluctuating up and down. Uh, but uh, compared to that kind of just the sensation that you have when you are like, like you just described, you're, you're with a group of people. You're having fun. There's a social interaction. There is. Of course, it's the, the part of it is kind of like you're, show, you're showing off to each other or yeah. showing each other or like re- regardless of the social dynamics, and it's, it's, it's irrelevant. It's just part of human nature to, to interact and to, to, to get something from, from the group, to give something to the group and to, to have this kind of vivid relationship that happens there. Uh, and I think that like it, it's obviously very, very important Um for like or for the kind of general sensation when you train and it would just be interesting to hear how how others have experienced this because at least for me it's been it's been enormously massive in its uh, in the way it's impacted me and actually tomorrow i'm going to go to the circus hall there is an open training there then with like it's not that many people but i do know several people that will be there yeah. i can't wait to just like be in a space with with other people <laughs> and do this thing again uh because it's yeah it's just such a different experience and like that that uh, like you just you just get an edge that you rarely see when when you're that secluded i feel yeah i think getting that edge is kind of an interesting thing of a fight i suppose yeah just now i said going back to edges and swords and sharp weapons and other things to fight but uh (laughs) You're not going to stop this one, are you? No, I'm <laughs> sticking with this for the whole episode. Yeah. We're going to go a bit longer. Um, almost <laughs> at the end. But, yes. uh, yeah, there's two ones, actually. One, just now we're on the edge analogy or metaphor. Like, fight, the ability to fight allows you to get closer to the edge. 
would be a way to put it. Mm-hmm. And that could be the edge of your skill, that could be the edge of your conditioning, or your total technical ability. And that's kind of what we're talking about. So this is why it could be it could be really precise, like an edge is really fine, or it could be a really blunt edge, like an axe or something. But there is an edge, and your ability to fight is how close you can get to the edge before you fall off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I should stop right there. That's very profound. I've been having a very profound day today. I've had a few uh, other profound things where I'm like, shit, I need to turn that into a meme and make a million dollars off the stock market with it. Just just walking around being profound today. Yeah, it's one of those days. I had one of those ones I was talking to. uh, Here's a a marketing tip. I was trying to explain my marketing process to someone. Uh, It follows this thing where it is said, personality, progress, and process. And I was like, hold on, three Ps. I was like, oh, wait. I'm just like, oh, wait, that's actually my marketing thing. Here's a marketing tip. So people buy in fitness on based on your personality more so than anything else. But they need a certain things, I think. So they need progress, which is show that people can get results with you. And then most of the time they want to see that you have a process to get that progress so it's not just a one-off. If you have the three Ps and someone can see those three Ps and likes them, then you will have a sale or then they'll be interested in training with you or they'll watch your videos or whatever it is. Ka-ching. So, ka-ching. Where's my cash register stand? Hold on, I got something. Is that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Finally, you got to use that fucking thing. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. There's my marketing tip. But where was I being profound? Yeah, there's one more element of the fight that I really want to talk about, and it's it's almost we should call it the chase. It's kind mm-hmm. of it's it's like. It's like when you, you're you just on the edge, once again, we're back to the fight, you're just on the edge of getting a skill, but you can't do it yet. And you just, you need to just do it a lot. But it's a different quality than mindlessly throwing reps out. And once again, it can happen like, it can happen from people who can, you know, jumping to a straddle handstand or a tuck handstand, all the way to like shifting over and coming up with the four-finger support and a one-arm or, you know, something else. And it's this idea that like, oh, you can like you have the scent of this move. You can feel that it's going to happen, but it's not happening yet. And you just need to keep doing it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like that perseverance that I think comes in the fight as well. That is like, oh, I might need to try this like a hundred times, two hundred times, three hundred times before I get it, but I know I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's kinda it's you know there's a confidence to it but there's also like almost an anger at the movement like mm. i always find like people are generally angry when when they're on the chase that they're mm. like hmm this move is dishonoring me by not not happening when i want it to happen mm. it's different when like you see people who are just like you know the classic someone mindlessly doing tuck-ups and trying to tuck up the handstand and it's just not going anywhere but there's someone who can control it steer it a little but the reps are always slightly different and you know, you see there's a certain, yeah, a certain anger. I don't want to say mm. frustration. It's like angry. It's like, why are you disobeying me move? Why is my mm. body disobeying me? Why? It's all like this thing. It becomes a fight with that move in particular, not just, not just like handstands or not just training. It's like this move can be like that sole focus for my existence at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the obsession. Like the, I remember like <clears throat> when, I remember I said that to Helgi actually when years ago when we were in Portugal and he was like really close to getting his one arm. Yeah. And he was training like outside 
like after we had had the classes and stuff and i was like okay now elgi now is when you're going to get your one arm because now you're just like you, you can't leave it alone as just watch out for your <laughs> fucking wrists but now is when it's going to happen uh when it's just like it, it becomes this kind of yeah like you say sole sole reason for your existence i mean it's 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 a dumb thing to say but like you you you, you need kind of a, a touch of that for for certain things to kind of uh, or for certain breakthroughs i think I, I think it happens a lot also with people that are quite new that like they've tasted that kick up that was fucking you got sweet. the scent of it yeah yeah and like i had like clients who just come to me and say yes i did the program now for a few weeks but you know like at work there is this wall and sometimes i just go there in the breaks and i do like 50 kickups i'm like okay yeah watch out for your wrists don't tire yourself out but yeah, great. You're 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 officially a nerd, uh, and I I think that like this is this is such a um, uh, it's kind of a transformative moment where where you where you find this this uh, uh, this excitement for it. And I think that's this is a really really important thing too. And that that's also something to not be misunderstood with this kind of fighting metaphor. That it's all this kind of. Uh, violent and miserable and depressing process like of course it's depressing enough for a long, for enough of yeah. the time <laughs> of all, all the energy that you need to invest to learn and things but I think uh, that that you need to uh, to remember that like there's there's quite a lot of uh, um, excitement to be had there at, at certain points too yeah i think there's a bit of like i don't know watching a lot of star trek we kind of killed uh we killed next generation and deep space nine over lockdown which is uh, great to go back to them, but the Klingons in are, are a perfect example of fighting. They go do their fighting and they're all Klingonish and the basic space Vikings. Let's face it. But then you know, after the fight, there is like glory and blood wine and songs and all that. I'm showing my power level now. I really need to stop that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but like there is like there is a hunt of like oh I've achieved the fight and now I have glory, which I can show to people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> like we're basically all Klingons. Digital Klingons. Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get the cool outfits as well. These are my uh, what's it called? This is where I pillaged. Yeah. This is where I pillaged. Uh, yeah, I think I'm at the end of my fighting points. I am fighting to get yeah. more metaphors here, so I can continue <laughs> to make the bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Uh, it's a, I mean it's, it's it's a good topic and it's it's one for um yeah a philosophical one that kind of uh, touches upon a lot of things but yeah just like again just to bring it back to kind of the starting point of it is it's it it's it's about mindset and it's about the um like you you need it's it's about the concept that like you need to do something to stay on your hands like like it's not a dead balance and like you need to learn to do that and it's also like understanding that while you learn these things like it it might feel rougher uh for a while until it becomes smoother and whenever you go outside of your comfort zone uh you it will it will start feeling rougher than what it feels inside of that comfort zone so that like over time, uh, most of the stuff moves within your your comfort zone. But like, it doesn't matter who you are. You can always find something that is going to put you outside of it. Okay, let's say you're the best hand balancer in the world. Okay, now your next task is to do it while carrying a 
15 kilo <laughs> block of cement. Okay, yeah, good luck. It's going to suddenly be a struggle again. <laughs> hmm. Maybe we should get you some. Yeah. Don't buy <laughs> the cement blocks, Emmett. I'm I think I have some around here. This is amazing. I have like all these cool things. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look wrap it up there. I think that sums it up nicely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, other than that, uh, we will see you next week. Though, actually, one more point. One more point on this. I'm not going <laughs> to let this one go. I think uh, the philosophy got me thinking. It's like, oh, we, yeah, it's one of these things like, oh, it's a very philosophical topic. I think it's kind of this idea that we should do this topic once sober, like we're doing now, and we have to get drunk and do it again. And that's how we can, like, really hone in on we'll get a bottle of mead or something yeah we should do the drunk cast holy fucking shit drunk cast that'll turn into a total shit show <laughs> yeah I'm up for it <laughs> drunk cast <laughs> if someone can sponsor us some booze we will do a drunk cast we'll have to wait till you're here though till we're in person <laughs> do shots class every time we say handstand you have to do one shot yeah yeah that's a good one and then also uh, everyone has to join we, in with we, us we, we, we need to do it and then just like upload it without editing. Like we need to be <laughs> fucking hammered. And it's just like, we don't know what we said. And suddenly like, bam, we both went like totally outrageous and we we're like smack down, canceled. <laughs> canceled. Yeah. Oop. Uh, right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to okay. leave it there on the audio yep. of the drunk cast. Yep. Please sponsor us yep. some booze. Uh, other than that, we'll see you next week. Cheers. The Handstand Cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode, along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horworth. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.